Hello, and welcome to Fiduciary Talk, brought to you by FI360. I'm Dwayne Thompson, Senior Policy Analyst at FI360. With me here today to discuss the SEC's proposed changes to public company disclosures under Regulation XK and its central role in the fiduciary process is Blaine Aiken, Executive Chairman at FI360. Welcome, Blaine. Thank you, Dwayne. It's good to be here. Well, let's just give our listeners a quick overview, if you don't mind. Uh, of this issue. Last April, the SEC published what is called a concept release soliciting public comments on how to improve and perhaps streamline public company disclosures under Regulation SK. A concept release by the SEC basically tells the public and the securities industry two things. Uh, one, this is obviously uh, an area of importance and interest uh, to the SEC uh, when it's soliciting public feedback. And secondly, uh, that a formal, and more importantly, that formal rulemaking may follow. So it sort of does a broad sweep, and and uh, in in any potential rulemaking, it gets into the specific details. Uh, but the SEC says that the disclosure requirements under Reg SK serve as the foundation for the business and financial disclosures of uh, U.S. registered public companies. And you recently wrote about this, uh, Blaine, in your investment news column on fiduciary topics, that this is also an important initiative for investment fiduciaries because disclosure of basic information about publicly traded securities, and, and I'm summarizing here from your column, plays a central role in the due diligence process. Can you give us a little more background on SK and why financial advisors should be paying attention to what I, I guess in my mind is sort of a really dry and uninteresting topic to their clients? Sure. You know, whenever you say that, uh, it does seem like disclosures would be uh, not something that you should be sitting on the edge of your seat for. Uh, but this actually came to my attention uh, in a policy alert from uh, CFA Institute. I'm a CFA uh, charter holder. And so we get periodically these alerts from uh, the Institute. And this one came out, and it captured my attention because uh, here uh, it was calling attention to the uh, the, the comments that are being now taken uh, specifically on subpart 400 of uh, Regulation uh, SK. So the SEC is currently seeking these comments on the disclosures, uh, which establish reporting requirements, as you said, for public companies. Now, specifically, the SEC is soliciting the comments on subpart 400 of this Reg SK. Well, that deals with management and governance matters of public companies. Uh, and the stated purpose of this particular initiative, which was, I think, uh, announced on August, uh, late August, August 25th, I believe. So the, the purpose is to assess whether the business and financial disclosures in the regulation in this particular part continue to provide the information that investors need to make uh, investment and proxy voting decisions. So this request for comment invites input not only on uh, the existing requirements for disclosures, but also potential new ones. So this particular policy alert referenced relevant research that the Institute has been conducting on topics that really are of special importance to investment professionals. Uh, these were things like uh, the oversight and independence of boards of directors for public companies, corporate compensation practices, proxy voting policies, shareholder engagement issues, 
and uh, attention to things like this environmental sustainability and governance factors as poor core business concerns. Well, you know, that got me thinking more about uh, how this relates to the duty of care obligations that fiduciaries have, and specifically to consider all material information that pertains to the scope of their responsibility. So uh, investment advisors and managers use public company disclosure data to uncover the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and threats that uh, specific companies or industries or even the overall investment environment might have. So really, uh, why should the fiduciaries care and why should advisors care? Well, it's because their, their, um, their effectiveness in meeting their fiduciary obligations really is dependent on getting uh, deep and uh, high quality information on uh, relevant subjects that, can, uh, that they can readily access and then apply in their decision-making processes. Well, Blaine, I, I probably overstated uh, the, my, my color commentary about it being a dry topic because uh, just to add a little bit to what you said uh, in terms of the politics involved in this uh, disclosure, its initiatives uh, certainly have attracted a lot of attention uh, from the industry. Uh, the SEC received uh, 300 individual comment letters from industry groups and, and other consumer advocate groups uh, by this summer. And even on Capitol Hill, uh, there was a hearing last June and, and on the Senate Banking Committee. And uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who, who we know has been uh, very active and, and pretty tough on the SEC, had a rough exchange uh, with uh, SEC Chair Mary Jo White and her testimony over this issue. And, and in that hearing, Senator Warren said she was disappointed with the SEC's initiative, which she made it sound like was going to streamline the disclosure that investors receive and claimed that uh, uh, that would be a problem. And, and Mary Jo White responded that she was disappointed in your disappointment. So uh, there, was a, there was a little bit of an exchange there. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, the CFA Institute, among others, has done a lot of research and has been very interested in this topic as well. So I, I certainly would say that uh, it may seem like an esoteric issue. If you're an investor, you're not going to be reading these forms. But uh, I, I certainly agree with you that uh, for, uh, for investment fiduciaries, it, it is a, a key issue. Uh, so let me just rephrase this. In other, in other words, what you're saying here is that a well-designed desi disclosure document should include material information, and I'm getting this uh, from your investment news column, that is both manageable and actionable with regards to the needs of the recipient, i.e. the advisor and, and uh, his or her clients. Can you give, tell us a little bit more, Blaine, about the central themes here uh, that you and the CFA Institute uh, uh, are looking at and describe what this means for advisors in practical terms? Sure. You know, and, and I think, Dwayne, as you point out, there is a, a certain amount of tension, I guess, in points of view regarding disclosures. Uh, on the one hand, uh, there's the desire to have disclosures streamlined, that we don't want to get tied up in uh, disclosures just for disclosure's sake, and particularly whenever you think the uh, whenever we talk about public disclosures, a lot of times public disclosures are not really used very extensively by lay people. Uh, but then on the other hand, 
the disclosures are very extensively used by those who uh, are obligated to make sound decisions. So, you know, I think it's fair to say that the the subject areas that the CFA Institute highlighted uh, shared three ca uh, critical characteristics. In the in the first instance, they uh, were directly applicable to the management and governance issues that are uh, specifically cited as, as of current interest to the SEC. And, and this is why they're zeroing in on this specific section, the subpart 400, which really had not been uh, updated for quite some time. And, and the second thing about the topics that the Institute highlighted would be that you know research, and, and much of this including research done by CFA Institute, strongly suggests that business practices in these areas that the Institute highlighted are likely to impact corporate performance or risk exposures uh, and investment potential. So this is valuable information uh, that needs to be uh, actionable and available. Um, and third, the ability of investors and public companies to benefit from the insights uncovered in these areas really is dependent on the accuracy, the consistency, and the thoroughness of the disclosures uh, that are required of public companies. Uh, and I'd say with respect to this last point, it is not just a matter of more disclosures, it's a matter of better and more actionable disclosures. Uh, the primary impetus actually for the SEC's current call for comments was the uh, FAST Act, which is Fixing America's Surface Transportation Act. And, and in that act, it directed the commission to study this regulation SK uh, for two purposes. First, determine how best to modernize and simplify the, re the requirements in a manner that reduces costs and burdens on issuers, in other words, the public company, while still providing all material information. And then the second part of the purpose was to emphasize a company-by-company -company approach that allows relevant and material information uh, to be disseminated without um, just using boilerplate uh, language. So, uh, and, and I, there actually is a third dimension here. It's also to evaluate the, the methods of information delivery and presentation to find ways to discourage just uh, the disclosure of immaterial information or, uh, or just repetition as opposed to actionable data. Well, let me just just ask you. I, I, what, what you're talking about has to do, uh, obviously, with fundamental analysis of of a, of a company. And uh, for for retail advisors who may uh, recommend mutual funds ETFs, uh, they're perhaps one step removed from that analysis. Maybe they're looking at other other issues. Uh, how does this help them uh, in terms of uh, improving disclosure if they're not? necessarily looking at individual securities. Yeah, so I think there's a, a couple ways that this happens. Uh, and one would be that they, the advisors oftentimes are selecting investments, either individual securities or more often uh, they are selecting mutual funds and ETFs and uh, portfolios that are managed uh, at more institutional level uh, by professional investment uh, managers. And uh, so the quality of management uh, of, the, of a portfolio 
is directly uh, dependent upon whether they are able to get good information about the individual companies and uh, and information that can be readily compared. So, you know, I, I think if you if you zero in on you know what are the defining characteristics of well-designed disclosures, you know, they they need to be material, they need to be manageable, and they need to be actionable with respect to the needs of whoever's uh, using this uh, data. So uh, investment advisors, as fiduciaries serving the best interest of the investors, I mean, they're definitely intended recipients who should recognize their obligation to take full advantage of that um, dis disclosure information. Well, let me uh, go back to the, to the uh, initiative itself, uh, because it did draw uh, a large reaction from the industry, as I, as I said, and other groups with, with more than 300 comment letters uh, over the summer. And uh, in, in their reaction, the industry groups, Chamber of Commerce, uh, SIFMA, others, seem to favor a principles-based approach to disclosure. So there seems to be a couple different philosophies or approaches to this, principles-based or more detailed, prescriptive. And the industry uh, like the, the flexible approach to disclosure. Uh, Blaine, do you have an opinion over which approach is better if you have to uh, pick a choice between the two? I do in, in general concept with a, with a caveat. Uh, so, you know, the fiduciary standard, I think one of the great things about the fiduciary standard uh, is the fact that it's principles-based. And, and the beauty of a principles-based system is that it's, uh, it's flexible, it evolves with developments in the field. And so, you know, to use an illustration, Whenever we talk about the defining characteristics of uh, well, the design disclosures, uh, you think about materiality. Well, the concept is that uh, the principle is that information should be material, uh, and we define material is information that the intended recipient would reasonably benefit uh, from whenever they use it in their decision making process. So. Professional investment advisors are obviously obligated to stay current with research in the field and apply that research. All of those topics that CFA Institute uh, called attention to are ex excellent examples of areas of active research and growing significance for investment decision making. So the principle here is materiality. The principle of manageability is also important because that gives both the producers and the consumers uh, of the uh, data uh, something to work with. For, for those that are preparing disclosures, you know, manageability pertains to the, the feasibility and practicality of collecting and disseminating that information. But for the disclosure recipients, it relates to the ability to interpret and apply that information. So. Uh, that kind of leads to the, this next idea, and that's to be actionable. And here is where there has to be definition around how the disclosure information uh, can be utilized. So it, it not only has to be pertinent or material, uh, and it needs to be in principle manageable, it, it also needs to be relevant to the specific decisions of the particular recipient. Um, and, but fortunately, the disclosure data is increasingly being captured by regular, regulators and private sector data aggregators 
uh, and also in the portfolio management technology to make decision making better. So I guess, Dwayne, to sum it up, it's all well and good to uh, say that we should adhere to these high-level principles, but we also have to have consistency and we have to have clarity around how we are uh, how we are focusing on specific types of data and how it will be presented so that it can be uh, handled in a digestible, comparable sort of way. So uh, in, a, in a way, what you're saying is it needs to be a uh, balanced approach. And I hate to use that because what, yeah. is, what does balance mean? But it sounds to me what you're saying is uh, principles-based will hopefully capture anything that's material and, and hopefully the, the company and and will will recognize and and, and uh, uh, disclose what what is what is material to the to the end recipient end user, uh, but in order for the aggregators to be able to uh, collect and put it into a, a, a useful uh, format for advisors and others, you need to have some sort of uh, uh, boundaries around it so to make it usable. Is is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, it definitely is because you don't want to get to the place where you know disclosures become a checklist item for yeah. the public company. So you know we talk about the the start with why. Why do we need the data? Well, we absolutely need the data for improved decision making. Uh, so it shouldn't just be a rote exercise to uh, put out immaterial information uh, or obscure information just to say, oh well, I disclosed uh, that. The, the, both the producers uh, need to understand why having data out there is important and how that they can benefit from it because they are, whenever the, the consumers of that disclosure apply it, uh, a company can really look good if they're able to produce this information in, in a manageable way that demonstrates uh, that they are out there to uh, produce positive results in these uh, areas that are uh, important to investors as a whole. Well, just to kind of wrap this up, Lane, uh, I'm, I'm looking back at uh, some statements by uh, uh, the commissioners. And, and back in May, uh, another SEC commissioner, Kara Stein, gave a speech in, in which she said that in terms of this issue, uh, Reg SK, the SEC needs to, quote, reimagine disclosure and how information can be exchanged between companies and investors. She said it's an ambitious goal and which we should be ambitious. So she's talking about uh, a major overhaul uh, in, in those terms. And it sounds to me that's what uh, you're saying, that a major overhaul is, is, is needed as well. Do you, do you agree with Ms. Stein? And, and if you had this perfect world and to make these changes to Reg SK, what would you do? Yeah, I, so I, I do agree uh, with uh, with Commissioner Stein because there there is uh, a need for true engagement between uh, producers and consumers of disclosure data. There has to be a common understanding of why the information is material and pertinent, and how that data can and should be used. And so if we, if we start with that, and, and I think we're seeing some very interesting uh, developments with respect to the relationships between particularly institutional investors uh, and public companies, because the, you know, this is, it goes off into a bit of a tangent here, but uh, the 
over half of the world's investable wealth is now in the hands of investment fiduciaries. And these are predominantly institutional investment fiduciaries. But uh, high levels of engagement between these institutions, which hold very significant uh, holdings of various public companies. So they're not only demanding good disclosure data, and many times they're becoming involved actively with management uh, in proxy voting and uh, providing commentary to uh, public companies regarding areas of uh, concern or areas where they want to encourage certain corporate conduct. Uh, so engagement is uh, very, very important. And I think it's uh, the by working together for a common purpose, it's a lot better than just uh, having one side saying we need more information and the other side kind of uh, rolling their eyes maybe and saying why we already produce so much. Uh, I think we've got to uh, have a, a higher level of engagement to make the disclosures uh, more meaningful on truly material aspects. Well, Blaine, uh, I, I really think this has been uh, great looking looking at uh, the fiduciary process from a, at a somewhat higher level than than what we typically discuss in in terms on the on the retail client level. So uh, uh, it's it's not clear, uh, uh, at least for me, where the SEC is is going to take this. I, we're obviously going to see some changes uh, after November. Uh, we'll probably see a new SEC chair. Will that individual be as interested in pushing this uh, disclosure agenda? Uh, I guess we'll have to see. But uh, thank you again uh, for this information, Blaine. It's uh, very helpful. Yeah, it's a real pleasure, Dwayne. It's an area certainly I think is worth uh, tracking. And, and I think it's not just a regulatory uh, issue. I think it is something where uh, we will be seeing a, a, a bit more investor activism, particularly at the institutional level, that will result in better information that will not only be in disclosures, but will be processed by uh, those who are aggregating data and analyzing that data and benchmarking the data. So I think the ability for fiduciaries to uh, collect and uh, and usefully uh, rely upon data will continue to improve. Well, hopefully we'll be revisiting this issue in the future. Thanks again. Thank you, Dwayne.